What's going on, guys? My name is David Gibson. I am the host and founder of this podcast, SIDcast, a podcast and resource dedicated to telling these stories and sharing the experiences of the sports information director profession. And welcome to episode number 59. Uh, we've got Wendy Reed on today from Bourbonnet, Illinois. I've been pronouncing that wrong for as long as I can remember until I interviewed her. And actually, uh, at the time of this air date, um, we would have recorded this interview exactly one month ago, back in December. So there might be some references to things, maybe like winter break or something like that, that uh, that we'll talk about, but um, we're kind of post after the fact, if you know what I mean. So uh, don't be confused as far as that goes. Um, but again, I really think you guys will enjoy this one. We do talk a little bit about uh, what happens when uh, marketing kind of goes rogue, maybe changes your school colors a little bit. How uh, angry or maybe how frustrated would you guys be if somebody just tweaked a yellow or a blue or maybe even a gray just a little bit, uh, how much that will throw you off. I also talked about doing internal Title IX investigations, uh, how it's healthy for the athletic department and um how that whole process is as Wendy is involved in that sort of thing. So, But anyway, uh, before we kind of get to today's episode, guys, um, our first thing that I want to mention is that if you have not already done so, I need you to go over to iTunes or wherever you find or get your podcasts and give us a, a rating or a review. Um, if you do that, then uh, iTunes' algorithms will be able to pick, on us, pick up on us a little bit easier. Uh, allows for people maybe who have never even seen the show before or heard the show before uh, to be able to find it and we can share these experiences and kind of get the uh, SID profession a little bit more recognition. Uh, other than that, you guys, uh, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, do it already. Uh, I mean, it's just a matter of fact of hitting subscribe and maybe listening once every Thursday, uh, taking some about an hour of your time out maybe to kind of get that rolling. And you can follow us anytime at Sports Infocast on Twitter and Facebook. You can email me anytime at SIDcast. That's not right. Sportsinfocast at gmail.com is my actual email address. Uh, I get I don't know why. You know what? When I first started this, I was like, all right, I'll just, you know, at SIDcast for everything. Well, there was already a podcast called Sidcast, and the dude does one episode every six months, but he still has it. It's one of those things, and it's just bothersome. But what what can you do about it? I like sports info cast anyway. But um, yeah. So next week we will have Chelsea Chamberlain of LSU on the pod. I actually got done just a few moments ago recording with her. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And then afterward we will have a uh, side chat. What we did, what Kelvin and I actually kind of talked about a little bit, and this has been a while in the making, is maybe maybe having someone like you guys uh, host side chat on Monday nights if you haven't already participate in those chats i would highly encourage you to do so you can find them at at s-i-d-a-c-h-a-t you can participate on monday nights at nine eastern time eight central time uh seven mountain six pacific i know my time zones uh but we we uh figured that maybe we could have somebody host it maybe give some different sort of perspective or different questions than than what kelvin and don are usually um asking and then maybe they would come on on the show Thursday. The episode would air on that Thursday and it'd be kind of a, a week all about them, uh, which is something that we've been working on. And um, I believe we have two people selected as of right now. And we'll kind of go through who we want to go when because we may do this more than once. Um, we're just seeing how it goes. So, uh, but anyway, 
that'll be coming up. So uh, be on the lookout for that and be sure to hit subscribe so you get all the episodes there. So the way that we will start this off today, guys, episode 59 of SID Cast with Wendy Reed of Olivet Nazarene and Bourbon A, Illinois is actually how to pronounce it right here on SID Cast. Several years ago, about 15 to 20, the, the city decided to go from its Bourbonus name to the French pronunciation of Bourbonnais. So it's about half and half of the people here that call it either one. So you're not wrong, it's just not as right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, it's kind of like, I kind of live by Louisville, so... I pronounce it Louisville, and then what really bothers me when someone says Louisville, I, I, it's, uh, I'm sure there are people like that in Bourbonnais, but um, right. anyway, so I want you to kind of go through, you, you went to, what was it, Mount um, Mount Vernon, Nazarene, is that yes. correct, uh, so over in Ohio, so why did you choose that, and what was kind of your uh, very first taste of sports information? Well, I attended Mount Vernon as um, a softball player, um, my husband, and then I met my husband who's a baseball coach. He was playing baseball. I played softball. We then went to Quincy to our sister school where he was the head baseball coach and I was the head softball coach. And now we're in Bourbon A. I'm sports information. He's baseball. It's <laughs> <laughs> It all works out perfect. So um, yes. have you ever heard of a sports information director before when you got to Mount Vernon? No. At the time, there was no such thing. Uh, I mean, well, I guess there was in some places, but not to the point that it is now. Um, I don't really know how anybody knew anything back then. Yeah, really. so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what was kind of your just kind of undergrad experience? Um, how'd, your, how'd your softball career go? I mean, can you spare no detail about uh, <laughs> what you did in college? Well, I majored in marketing, so I um, love the idea... I, Love graphics, love photography, advertising, those kinds of things. Um, after I graduated, so my career, very, we, we had a successful program. Um, it was back when the NAIA had regionals and those sorts of things. Never made it to the World Series, but those it, we were good. Um, after that, got a job in the business world, kind of backed into sports information once I got here yeah so yeah that's kind of what seems to be a, a lot of people's stories so um just kind of ju- jumping ahead a little bit I uh, we've kind of talked to some people about this a little uh how do you take what you learned in marketing and kind of apply it to what you do now um for me i was i'm the first full-time sports information director that olivet has had they've had i have a, a part-time assistant and there was another part-time girl that they both coached and both did this halftime. So I was the first full-time one. Um, and I brought in the, let's think about what our market is. Um, to me, the most important, you know, let's, let's figure out who's the most important, what, what we're really trying to do and said it and started thinking of things like through that. So that, you know, the 18 to 22 year olds that are competing for us are our first priority. What do we need to do for them? Then being maybe married to a coach made me think this, that our next one is, future tigers so then you know so we go from the 18 to 22 year olds to the 16 to 18 year olds and i guess having teenage children i kind of understand them (laughs) um so just you know what's important to them what's you know um what do they need 
in order to succeed to help us promote our university and our athletic department. You know, and then our third priority for me is is parents and grandparents. Um, so, you know, just figuring those things out, setting time frames. Uh, um, when I took the position, I also told them, because I started as an interim, the person before me left in the middle of the year, I was available, just helped. Um, I said, you know, I'm not going to, this isn't going to consume me. I have a family, you know, I watch my husband's team. I So I really, really tried to stick to that 40-hour week as much as I can. And so, and my assistant has two young children, you know, let, what can, how can we do this well without living in the office? And so really have tried to, to do that kind of thing. Yeah, you kind of mentioned that you backed into this um, and that the guy before you left, how did you even hear of the position? I mean, did you, did you know what it, what it was? I mean, I'm sure you did with your husband being a coach and all, but. Um, <laughs> well, yes, being a college athlete and then right into coaching, this is all we've ever known. I mean, my entire life has been around athletics. So um, I knew enough about it that they generally work a lot of hours <laughs> but and weird hours. But it's also sort of flexible. You know, I can go help in my daughter's school when they need me because I can take a couple hours in the middle of the day and then because I'm going to make it up at some point, you know, that kind of thing. So I happened to be available. My It was softball season. Um, my husband went to his boss and was like, you know, she'd probably be pretty good at this. And, you know, she already knows how to do softball stats because she used to coach. She, you know, it's it's. It happened to be my specialty at the time, so that's how I ended up doing it. <laughs> and how did you end up, how did they, like, kind of pursue, persuade you to be full-time? Um, I think I'm, I'm a very outspoken person, so just bringing my concerns. Like, we're, you know, this is going to sound very conceited, and I'm sorry to any of the CCAC schools out there, but <laughs> we are... At, least one of the best across the board in our conference but we were lacking in the public the, this side of it the back end side of public you know publicizing them website social media all of those things so kind of really pointing out like you know we have a standard but we're not meeting it across the board so yeah uh, so when you got kind of into your office in the fall I know you said you were pretty kind of well versed with the softball and the baseball stats and I mean it was kind of perfect timing for like you said for you guys because because you already knew what was going on so uh but when when you kind of got into the into the fall and really started to kind of get full time into it um what was the first thing you did when you sat down at your desk that you identified that needed to happen well fall is so overwhelming yeah because of all the crossovers so I think that's when it really hit me like wait a minute, what in the heck did I get myself into? <laughs> you know, you know, we have 11 sports that compete in the fall. And I think it was just the, that was when it really hit me. Like, you know, and then it really became, I have a great relationship with our coaches for the most part, um, sitting down with them and learning their sports. You know, I, I kind of know soccer, but not to the point that I needed to. So really just rather than read a manual or read a book or, you know, those kinds of things, it's way easier just to go talk to the people that know. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, like you kind of said, it was a little bit overwhelming. I mean, uh, I completely understand. 11 sports is, you know, some as, there's some schools out there that only have 11 sports. And you have, I know, <laughs> and I'm always like, what do you do with all your free time? <laughs> 
Yeah, so, I mean, what was some, some things that you had to do to kind of alleviate that stress a little bit, maybe? Um, like you said, you didn't really know soccer all that much. I'm sure there are other sports. I'm sure there are other SIDs that still <laughs> that don't know soccer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I just want to preface this by saying that. But um, So what were some things that you did, and what were some things you would kind of recommend to other SIDs, maybe just jumping into that role as well? Um, cut yourself some slack to start with. Um, we don't have to know everything and be able to do everything. Um, you know, the coach, to me, I think the coaches appreciate when I say I don't know. And now when I come back to them and say, you know, they'll say, oh, so-and-so should have an assist on that, or that wasn't an error or that. And now after six years, you know, of me talking to them and them complaining about other schools, maybe giving assists or doing these things, being like, you know, it, having that conversation now. So I just think that the relationships with the coaches is, is huge. You know, if, if you can earn their respect, that you can have these conversations back and forth, that that's just, you know, and again, you don't have to know everything about their sport necessarily then as much as, hey, what did you think about this, you know? Uh-huh. So. Yeah, so I'm kind of curious because I've been in this position before with lacrosse, with baseball. with um, When they do come in and say, you should have an assist, I should have an assist, you know, you should give one. <laughs> Maybe even with a parent. I get a lot of parent emails, believe it or not. Yeah, um, so what well, are, I believe it. <laughs> yeah, so what are some things that, that you would recommend to other SIDs, including myself, that kind of struggle with those sorts of things, to have those conversations? Um... Not to go into it with a chip on your shoulder. You know, explain, be, listen to their side, and then explain yours. And, and it, you know, sometimes it involves bringing a rule book out or, you know, assists is really the biggest thing, even in, in basketball. You know, it's a judgment call. Did that really lead to that? And um, I just think good communication, it's, it's just it's the key, you know, that if you have that relationship where you've asked questions and you've gotten their insight and that kind of thing and, and learned from them, I just think that they're really more willing to listen when you don't necessarily think that they're right <laughs> or, you know, and, um, yeah, I, just good communication with your coaches, I think. Awesome. So I, I kind of mentioned that because uh, last year I, I interned for University of Evansville, and there was a professor that came to every stupid baseball game that there was, and he, and and every time he would have you know his like little tablet open, and he'd be looking at the stats, and it just, and then he would always come up to the to the window and be like, hey, why didn't you, why didn't you do this, why didn't you do that? Like it's not your job. How about you go teach somebody? <laughs> I'll do this. Yeah, like you, you do. That's probably what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's so many of those little rules that people think they know. Like, oh, it didn't touch their glove, so it's not an error. Okay, well, that has nothing to do with it. That yeah. is, like, one of my biggest pet peeves, you know. Like, well, how can you call it an error? It didn't touch his glove or, you know, those kinds of things. Um, you know, really making people realize and I don't talk to parents and I don't talk to um, if a student athlete asks me I don't make changes without the coaches consultation without approving it through them that you know I really push everything back on the coaches so that they know what they're de- what I'm dealing with <laughs> regarding their sport <laughs> yeah so. it's, 
so you you kind of mentioned that you you and we're really hammering home that the relationship with your coaches is really important. So, um, what about kind of the technical side with kind of like the stat crew and, and things like that? When you come into a new position like that, maybe a sport that you don't know a whole lot. Maybe there's some SIDs out there who just got a new job or maybe looking to get a new job, and they look at it and say. Well, I don't know polo or something like that, you know. So what would kind of be some things that you kind of recommend to them to kind of learn the technical side? I mean, what what would be the best way to do that? Um, other SIDs. Um, as far as learning the stack crew ones, you know, it, they, they seem overwhelming. Um, but for the most part, once, you know, you have the slow ones, the soccers and baseballs, and then you have the fast ones, the basketballs, um, football, volleyball, you know, so I think it's just cutting yourself some slack again, you know, practicing, talking to people that do know it. Um, I honestly rarely ever input a game anymore. I just taught students how to do it. Um, and then they teach the next set of students. I can, and I'd have to do it on the 18th when our basketball team's playing over Christmas break. But for the most part, I just train other people to do it. <laughs> um, students. And, and honestly, it's beneficial to them. They go and they um, work other events now, make money on the side, make more money than they do making working for me. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and so swimming is one that I had to learn. We added that after I started, you know, that whole concept of 10 touch pads and all of the wires and just, you know, all of it, just figuring all of that out, you know. Um yeah, little tricks, like for swimming. I don't know if you guys have swimming, but nope. we, on the back of everything, I have. I took colored nail polish, and I put a dot next on each piece that went, you know, that fed to a certain spot. So you just now, it's all color-coded. You just follow those colors, and, you know, um, just little things like that that we've figured out. But, yeah, I mean... I would think most of the new ones are in a generation of the technology doesn't scare them. So, um, older ones that maybe switch, you know, I'm in the NAI and we use stat crew, even though that stats is the official stat program. Yeah. I've only ever used it three times. And that's when we've hosted the national tournament here. And every time I have to watch tutorials (laughs) and you know, it's, um, you know, it's just don't be scared of it. I mean, it's I'm, I'm really laid back though, so I I get it. <laughs> you kind of mentioned that you use some student workers, and this is another topic that we've kind of talked about. So, uh, training your student workers, maybe le- trusting student workers a little bit. I mean, how have you kind of handled that? Um, I'm really blessed with great ones, and and t- generally I've had I, I I inherited two that were really good. Um, and then they found me the next one. And it really is like, hey, because they know what my expectations are and what the job entails and that sort of thing, they're really good at finding me the next one. Um, rarely do I hire somebody just on, you know, by themselves or that they, generally they come from each other. And um, I've been blessed. It's, it's really... I have some really good student workers and there's the ones that I know I can leave. Um, like if I'm at nationals with another team that I can leave in charge and, you know, they'll call me if they have a question, but, um, 
yeah, I mean, it, you just, I think you just know which ones you can trust. <laughs> Has there ever been an instance to where you kind of had to put the hammer down a little bit? On a student? Yeah. No. I've never had, I, I've never had a student worker that I haven't rehired or, you know, taught the next steps to, and, um, yeah, I, so far I've been very, very lucky. <laughs> Perfect. Sounds good. Glad to hear it. So, uh, we kind of talked a little bit off air and, and, you know, it frustrates you, it frustrates me. Um, marketing at ONU kind of went their own can I say marketing? Yes. <laughs> marketing kind of went their own direction and uh, changed some of the yellow, uh, or yellow, sorry, Southern twang, um, on the ONU logo. So, first of all, what was your first, how did that make you feel, just to, that somebody kind of went and just flat out did that? Um, right now, especially since I'm the enforcer of the new colors, it's very frustrating for me. I found out... Um, around the beginning of the year, January, February, that they were thinking about doing it. Um, they were building a new EDU site. They didn't like the way that the Vegas Gold looked on it. So they decided to change it. Um, I kept saying, you know, here, this is the ramifications for us. We, you know, we're in budget cuts be like everyone because of, you know, various reasons. And, you know, our coaches can't afford to replace their uniforms. Um, they can't right. afford, we can't afford, the department can't afford to repaint the floor of the arena. We we literally just put turf down with the old color. <laughs> it's you know we can't afford these things. So what's the game plan? What's and they told me in February, and I kept telling them, listen, I need to know the actual colors because come July first, a whole lot of stuff is getting ordered because that's the beginning of the new year, you know, and those things and just kept really trying to reiterate that how much this is truly going to cost us and the difficulty. And, you know, we, we have an all of that standard of things. And the fact that we have half of our team in Vegas, half of our teams in Vegas and half of them in yellow gold, <laughs> it's, you know, to me, I, it drives me crazy because I have a standard. It's, it's really difficult for me to watch the cheerleaders in yellow and the basketball team in Vegas and yeah. the floors and, you know, those things. So it's just, so they gave me the official colors on July 13th. So now all new stuff has already been ordered in Vegas because we, you know, we, we couldn't wait. You, we right. barely got our football uniforms in time for the first game as it was. You know, it was, you know, you order in July and you don't always have them, you know, for that first game. So... Yeah, I, my, my next step now is as I walk through, we're also doing a Title IX investigation here, just an internal one just to make sure we're compliant. And okay. as I'm walking through doing other things, I'm writing down everything that needs changed just so that I can get a grasp on and go to them and say, okay, what's the game plan? Who's paying for all of this? You know, we didn't change it, so... Who's paying for new banners and new paint on the floor and, you know, those things that we didn't even think about? Never mind. My husband is using, as the baseball coach, he, his, he has uniforms that are 12 years old. He's learned to take care of them because they're so expensive and they're Vegas. 
you know, so he can't buy a new a hat with a new color because his uniforms don't match. And I mean, you know, so just I'm putting together a whole thing on my own as just like, okay, here's some cost estimates of these various things. And what are we going to do? How did they react to that? They just keep telling us it's a gradual change. You can do it gradually. You know, it's a three-year process. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> but there's still no yeah. timeline in place. <laughs> so it's it's crazy. Um, and I, I do like the new color. I just wish it was across the board. Um, I do like the fact that it's fresh and it's, you know, it gave us a just something new, you know, just so, but also that... Even doing graphics. If I use an old picture or if I use any picture and I want to put the logo on it, I struggle with which one to the old logo or the, you know, because the pic, well, they have a gold uniform. They have a Vegas uniform on, uh-huh. this, you know, so even just those things is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay to, to switch up your logo and switch up the colors yeah. every, every, like, you know, decade or two. But yeah. d- just make sure that you. <laughs> Have a process or a plan. Yeah. Anyway. So the, the lack of process has really been a struggle. Yeah, so. I understand. So let's let's move away from that a little bit. Um, you kind of mentioned, and I know that's not a big deal. It's an internal thing. Uh, every college does it. Um, a Title IX investigation, kind of just uh, just to make sure that checks and balances type of thing. So what what's kind of the process like going through? <laughs> it's crazy. Um, just so many forms and so um getting people to do their pieces is very difficult. Um, our, our head athletic trainer is actually in charge of it. He comes to meetings with three binders that are just ridiculously big, but every coach had to fill out. A, it was about a two or three hour survey. Um, each, we had to ask one student athlete from every sport and it, theirs was about an hour and a half to two hour commitment. Um, you know, there's one for sports information. There's one for marketing. There's one for, you know, so each of these pieces, um, and because winter is actually a slow time for me, I've offered to help the trainer. So we have been doing, you know, where we go into each locker room. And you think you know. I mean, you know, we're around all the time. But just, you know, we have to go in and mark for each piece of, you know, these things. Um, yeah, it's, it's really just an internal. It's just us making sure that we um, are compliant. <laughs> Awesome, good. Uh, and it's probably probably a good idea that people do that. You know, yeah. you, you know, you hear some things about, like, I don't, I can't, I can't use a, an example, but actually, there was something really fun. I thought it was fun because I'm weird like that. But like at Coastside, did you go to Coastside last summer? I, yes. Yes. Did you? That was my first time. Oh yeah, cool. <laughs> Me too. So, um, first of all, what did you think of it? I thought it was great. It's very overwhelming. Yeah. Um. And now that I kind of know what, how to navigate which sessions I want to go to, I really love that the ADs and the marketing departments are there. Um, And just being able to go to some of their sessions and seeing that other side or, you know. um, So, yeah, I somehow got on the committee for planning the next one, so... (laughs) I don't really know what I'm doing. <laughs> so uh, before I kind of get to get to my my next thing, I was going to ask, but so what is that kind of? How did you get on? The, how did you get on the board for that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron Sacred. Somehow I mentioned I teased him about 
a speaker that was there and then he was like, well, then you need to get more involved. And somehow I ended up being more involved. So perfect. That's just a real <laughs> cut and dry. <laughs> yes, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's awesome. It's fine. Um, but there, there was a, a session that I did enjoy about kind of like the, like the, uh, gosh, what was it? It was like uh, cutting programs or something like that, and it would give you like a scenario, and you'd have to like get in a group and talk about uh, how you would handle it. And there's some things like, um, like I, I know we can't say names on this, but it was a university in Philadelphia that got rid of a bunch of programs not too long ago, um, and just hearing things like because it was Title Nine, you know. It's one cutting a program sad to hear, but two at the same time you still have to be in compliance with those sorts of things. But um, anyway, that's just a thought I had. But um, yeah, the, the the problem with Title Nine is first I think female sports takes a hit on this because they think that it's the girls are complaining or those kinds of things. Um, but really, it's about the experience. You can have an opposite. You know, we can have. It could actually be that the boys aren't, the men's sports aren't having as good of an experience as the girls, and so it's it's actually the opposite. <laughs> of, but it is sad that you, that that's the reason things are having to be cut. Um, yeah, it's it's a double edged sword. So yeah, uh, I mean, what were what would some things be to kind of like improve those experiences? Do you guys kind of go through that with your investigations? Um, well, we haven't gotten that far. We haven't recommended anything yet. Um, you know, we have some that that we that we think, but again, that's us thinking that they that that team doesn't have as good of an experience. But maybe they don't realize it. <laughs> so we we have to be very careful. You know, our trainer and I that are doing this, and him. You know, like when we talk about things, we have to think. Wait a minute. That's what. That's our perception of the experience maybe maybe they don't care that their locker rooms aren't equal or they don't care if you know yeah. that team has more equipment or you know so it's it's really interesting that piece of putting our thoughts of what should it be to what the students are saying so yeah um let's move on a little bit here and i just i'm just curious i do ask some people about this maybe you've heard it maybe you haven't um with with the marketing which a little bit of your background. Uh, what's it like trying to get people from Bourbonnais to, to attend some games at ONU? It's very difficult. Um, you know, partly, and I get this as having children, they're very busy. It's very hard on a Tuesday night to take my kids to another sporting event. Maybe that was the only night they had off from their own things. Um, our coaches really do a good job of getting involved in the community, you know, going out and reading to schools or offering free clinics or doing those things. So that kind of helps. Um, I, I don't know if you know about our women's basketball team, but we call it Tiger Ball, and they run the Grinnell system. Um, so, you know, 200 points are scored. Um, but there's some several high schools or local, you know, that are starting to do their own versions of that. So they'll come. But it's it's really, really hard to get them here. Um, there's a generation of people in Bourbonnais that don't necessarily, it's not that they don't like us, but they don't necessarily understand us. And so I think 
getting in touch with those children and doing those kinds of things and having the more interaction with, um, you know, through camps and that kind of thing. It helps. <laughs> Honestly, I think I could get local people there sooner than I could get the faculty and staff there. But don't tell them I said that. <laughs> uh, so what, know, what are some of... What are some strategies that you, you kind of implement maybe with uh, through your graphics, social media? Like you kind of you mentioned earlier, you identify some key markets that you, that you, you have to tailor to and kind of bring to you. Um, so what are some things that you kind of implement uh, as far as just a media strategy? Let's, let's go with that. Um, well, as much as I hate this, I'm on social media all the time. I mean, it... <laughs> yeah. Whether I'm stealing graphics from another university <laughs> or, you know, my phone is full of graphic ideas <laughs> from other people. But, yeah, I mean, you know, our biggest thing is we will make sure everything, you know, there's a, a pregame graphic. And I, it, because of, partly because of this Title IX thing, it's really made me think, am I equal with everyone? So I've really, really, really tried to make sure I do all of the social media for us that I don't promote away games as much as home games. I mean, you know, all of those little things. Um, so that is our biggest thing. Our website's secondary. Um, I've taken some flack on this, that we have a 24-hour policy that we don't have. I, I don't make myself or my assistant post something. If we have, you know, after a basketball game, you can go home, write the story the next day. You know, that's the website to me after the score, and that is is our third level of um, marketing, which is my our parents and grandparents. <laughs> and so, you know, that we make sure that we have those other things done. And, um, yeah, I try to have a good relationship with the student-athletes so that I know, you know, maybe what I can do to change things or do, you know. Um, so, and we're a small school, so I don't feel a lot of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> My boss thinks I do more than, you know. <laughs> do, do people kind of have an issue with that policy that you have as far as, like, not posting? I'm, I'm totally in favor of that, by the way. I'm one of those people that I, I don't worry <laughs> about, about it. It's all about work-life balance. Yeah, yeah. I, big platforms. So. I've, I've caught myself on uh, Sunday afternoons, and I'm, I'm, like, filling in golf stat, and I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I'll just yeah. do it tomorrow. Um, but are there any people that kind of get frustrated with that? Maybe, like you said, kind of that third tier. I have never had a complaint that our story, uh, well, I shouldn't say that. I've had a couple, mostly from, a, no, I, I would say for the most part, we haven't had any issues, um, full of little things, um, with my assistant and I doing things differently. So we have that issue of, there's just not consistency across the board, but nope, as long as the scores are posted, you know, all of the social media things are done. Knock on wood, I haven't had a complaint about the 24-hour policy, so... And what kind of, like, prompted you to create that policy? Wanting to come home and put my kids to bed. I'm, I'm a huge advocate that I wake my kids up every day, and I really, really do my best to put them to bed at night. Um, or at least say goodnight to them in person, you know, um... I, I don't think it's necessary that at, at, at midnight a story goes up. Who's reading it? You know, they're probably not reading it until 8 a.m. the next morning anyways, so why right. not just, you know, 
or even remove yourself. I think I'm a better writer even when I'm not panicking about I want to get home or I haven't eaten dinner or, you know, all of those little pieces that, you know, maybe I've thought about a better lead into it or, you know. Um, when we're in the postseason, we tend to do it more immediately. Um, the regular season games, 24 hours. <laughs> so... Uh, I want to move on to something that we haven't actually really talked about, and I hope that this is all right. But you're, we kind of talked off air a little bit, um, or in the middle of finals week. I am as well. So, But your daughter uh, wants to be a sports information director. I mean, what are some things that, that you kind of tell her to kind of guide her in that career path? Or, or do you tell her not to? <laughs> well, again, I think my balance of work-life is what's made actually two of my three daughters want to do this. Um, in some capacity, not necessarily full sports information, maybe director of social media or, you know, those sorts of things. Um, you know, I encourage her to do something she loves. And if she loves to be around sports and this kind of thing and use her photography and graphics and writing skills. And what I try to convince her every semester to do is to get in front of the camera. Um, that there's a big I definitely see a female that knows sports be, you know, and she, she has a great personality, sense of humor, you know, she can, that, you know, I keep telling her she needs to go into sports broadcasting, but, <laughs> um, you know, baby steps, but, you know, I just, I think maybe I'm wrong that just, them seeing, you know, me being, they've grown up around student athletes. So this is just what they know, you know, their entire lives. We go to a basketball game, they hang out with the basketball team, they hang, you know, and they go to nationals with me whenever they can with whichever team. And, you know, so I think it's just partly the familiarity, but partly she wants to be down there taking pictures or interviewing them or, you know, so the next generation. <laughs> and, and speaking of the next generation, I, I have asked a couple people about this. It is a difficult question, um, one that people are, you know, one, have a hard time answering, or two, you know, prompt some thinking. So what would be the best way, in, in your kind of opinion, to uh, educate people, young, maybe high schoolers, junior high, maybe even college students, about the sports information profession? Um, because it's so behind the scenes, I think... It's one of those jobs that's just taken for granted. Um, when something doesn't work is when they remember, they realize who's doing it. You know, the stats, the computer crashes. Oh, by golly, somebody. Why? They, I think, and I hate to be, to generalize about this generation, but they're used to everything now. And, you know, those kinds of things. So I try whenever possible to explain to them where things come from. Um, I just had a, a student athlete come into my office because he wanted to talk to me about branding. And so he had this whole idea of, you know, things. And he was he ran on our track team. And um, I just happened to mention to him that we got new cameras and we were a little worried about the new timing system, you know. And he's like, what do you mean? And so I kind of explained to him how the whole process works. And he's like, and that sometimes when the score or the time goes up late on the screen, what's going on, you know, that mm -hmm. 
you know, we have to find where your chest ends and the next guy's chest begins. And if you tied or it's a bad angle or your arms in the way, you know, like it, it can take a second, you know, like cut us some slack. And it, it really helped him realize, oh, you know, it's not just automated. <laughs> and, you know, So I have a great relationship with our student athletes. And so for the most part, they see me at games and, you know, I explain to them what's happening. And so, yeah, just education, I think. For their parents, too, honestly, because they also think everything should be automatic. And, yep. You know, it's, you know, when the live stream goes down and everybody freaks out, I'm like, you know, five years ago, there was no such thing. And you would have just talked to your child after a game about what happened. And so. Um, yeah. How important is it, and I can imagine what the answer is, but. How important is it to kind of have a healthy relationship with a student athlete? But also, how did how did you build that personally? Well, I coached first, so I, I guess because I went from playing to coaching, coach's wife, you know, those kinds of things. So, you know, they generally they just want they just like somebody to listen to them, you know. And I love my student athletes. I try to learn, you know as many names as possible, call them by name, know things about them, you know, hey, you know, or if I know that mom was sick or something or, you know, just, I just think the appreciation of what they do mean goes so far. Like, it's, it just means the world to them that outside, of, you know, I don't expect you to go out and score 50 points. I just like to say hi to you and, you know, <laughs> and, you know those kinds of things. Know them from a different side of, not the pressure of the coach or, um, you know, the fans or whoever, but um, just, and it helps me tell their story. I think once they've told, you know, once I've gotten to know them a little bit better, I know how important it is that they qualified for nationals this year or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, they're just not a name or a number to me. They're, you know, people. So. Yeah, yeah, perfect. Um, I, I'd like to transition to this part of the interview to where I like to ask some fun questions. Uh, first one I have for you is uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, first one I have for you is a uh, favorite memory in your professional tenure. Well, I would have to say, um, so I was hired as an interim in during softball season, but my first full time, um, so that first fall, um, the first time I traveled with any team to nationals was with our women's soccer team, and um, we are good friends with our soccer coach, so him and I talked about the team a lot, but he was just like, I could just tell he was like, he just had a feeling that it was a good year. And he, you know, so I'm like, you know what, I'm coming with you. And they made it to the national championship game for the first time in their program history. I mean, so just experiencing that, that first time with them was they upset the like four time defending national champions. And I mean, you know, just being there, being able to tell the side a little bit more had I, if I was back in Bourbon A, wouldn't have been able to, you know, all of that. Um, so that was planning the welcome home and, all, you know, just, it was, it was pretty cool. It also set the standard for what I thought traveling to nationals meant, you know, well, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my first three, in my first three trips, one, so them, national runner up, first year program of swimming, our men came and our men came in second and our women came in third or third and fourth. I'm like, this is easy. <laughs> <laughs> like, we go, we win. It's, you know, 
Um, what about on the other side of the coin? Uh, what about your biggest horror story so far? We had in our track meet, so we time our own track meets. Um, our facility is only about five years old. And last year, during one of our bigger ones, um, one of the girls up in the crow's nest hit the um, hit a switch with her foot, and it shut off all of the internet. Ah. When we turned it back on, we've now figured out that when it turned back on, it um, a power surge. And so it blew the little box that everything went into. So this panic of, you know, you can't hand time a track meet. <laughs> so oh. figuring out how to get everything, you know, lots of internet connections, figuring out which ones were still live, running wires. I mean, it was like a minefield up there, running wires everywhere, taking one laptop down to the track. I mean, that was the worst. I mean, it worked out. We were maybe put us 15, 20 minutes behind schedule, but yeah, it was just one of those very stressful, panicky, you know, thankfully it was the last track meet of the year, <laughs> but um, the home one, but yeah, it was, it was something. So uh, what would one piece of advice you give to a student going into this profession? Um, know how to say no, really set those boundaries early because if you, or a people pleaser from the beginning, it's harder to go back and make things more difficult, you know, to, to really, you know, I'm a huge advocate of if you have to work a long weekend, take a day off in the middle of the week, you know, that kind of thing that you have to, even as a single person, you need that work-life balance so much that you have to learn how to say no. You know, yes, I get that so-and-so has these graphics and, you know, does, okay, but compromise, <laughs> all those kinds of things. But set boundaries that don't let it consume you or you're not going to survive. Yeah, I uh, completely agree with that. So um, when you look around in the in your conference, country, division, wh whatever have you, um, and you look at someone and you say, that's a good SID, what are some things that they do or some characteristics that they have that make you say that? Um, one is work-life balance. I mean, you can, you know, um, one, he actually left our conference um, recently, but I, I knew from the, the moment, my first, um, we do conference calls um, three times a year, and he was at home and I could hear his kids in the background. And I was like, Okay, he has, you know, like, uh -huh. I, I, I know I'm going to be able to relate to him and that we're going to be able to figure this out together. And, and realistically, it's, I consider us one of the best schools in the conference, just across the board. They're one of the other ones, too. You know, like, okay, it's not, you know, this is possible. He's been doing it for years and, you know, but making a priority of that. Um, and then I think, <laughs> you know, one of the things I also would tell new people is be very leery of the Facebook pages and take them with a grain of salt, just like Facebook in general. But right. I had to really back off of some of those because of the negativity. And so finding people that get it, that it's never, it's not all, you know, unicorns and rainbows, but the balance of the good and the bad and, you know, really trying to not get consumed by that negativity of complaining about everything and 
So, yeah. Uh, one thing you're interested in to learn more about in this profession? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> I would say probably, you know, any of the graphic stuff. Like I said, you know, with our main priority being, you know, our first level being those 18 to 22-year-olds, I love when I post one and they like it. You know, they make a comment about it. So being able to just improve upon those things. And and I'm super basic. I taught myself what I know. So I can only imagine how much I would want to do it if I actually went and, you know, learned more. But, you know, the customized stuff. And that would be really what I would. And video editing. That scares me. <laughs> so. uh, you, you kind of mentioned it a lot and we've kind of talked about it a lot uh, work life balance what do you do to have fun what do I do to have fun yeah. well, normally involves an athletic event because my even okay. my nine year old is you know so it's generally you know we go watch the Cubs play or we go you know it's very rarely you know next week my family's going skiing Everything we do pretty much involves being outside or be, you know, um, very rarely is, are we stagnant. <laughs> so. Uh, next time someone is in Bourbonnet, maybe that Chicago area, <laughs> wherever you want to pick, um, what's your restaurant recommendation? Restaurant or bar, you can pick whatever one you want. Um, it's funny, I just had this conversation with my college daughter, um, and nothing against Nashville, but her and her friend that is from here, um, they can't find a good pizza place. And so when they come home, that's all they want to do. And it got me really thinking, man, we do really have some great pizza places. So I would have to say, and, and I'm not a deep dish person. I'm not a true Chicagoan. Um, but we have a couple of really great pizza places that I would push people towards. So, And what would those be? Well, one is a chain. It's called Monocles. Um, it's a, I like to refer to it as pizza on a soda cracker, but it's so good. Um, and then we have another one just down the street from the university. It's called Mancino's. I don't think it's a chain. There's a couple here, but I don't know that it goes beyond here. Pizza and grinders, and yeah, it's, it's really, really good, so... Uh, if anybody had uh, any questions, maybe they wanted to follow up with you after this, um, what would be the best way to do it? Um, email. You know, everybody in the world seems to have my cell phone number, so if you don't, then I'm sure somebody does. So, <laughs> the only I don't use my work phone, so that's pretty much what I've given out. But yeah, email. I I rarely am on my own personal Twitter account. I try to limit myself there, but. Yeah, I love talking to people, so. <laughs> perfect, perfect. So there's your open invitation, guys. So, uh, Wendy, <laughs> <laughs> Wendy, thank you very much for coming on. I really do appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me. No problem. Great you. Yep, finally. It's been a, I knew you were one of the first people, I think, when I first started this podcast. I followed Owen. I followed a bunch of team accounts just to be like, hey, I exist. But um, <laughs> I think I followed Owen and you, and you followed me, like, right back, like, within a couple <laughs> seconds, I think. I, I was like, wow, that was I know, I'm on my phone too much. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, I really do appreciate it. Um, anyway. So uh, I want to thank you all for listening and uh, whoever has subscribed and downloaded this episode, maybe even give it a little rate or review. You know, if, you, if you've got nothing to do, I know it's in the middle of basketball season, but we do have kind of a dead period coming up, guys. Um, 
hint, hint, you should go on over to iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast, um, and, and give us a little rating or review. It just takes a couple seconds to give us a five star, a one star, emphasis on the five star, but um, you do whatever you want. And you can follow you can follow us anytime on social media at Sports Infocast on Twitter and Facebook, and you can email me anytime sportsinfocast at gmail dot com. And guys, please be sure to pay attention to Cider Chat uh, at the time of this recording, uh, or actually. Since we're kind of in the past, Wendy, I got to speak in the future tense. I hate doing that. But um, <laughs> at, at this time, guys, we are looking for a guest who will be uh, both on this show as well as host Cider Chat on Monday. So it's going to be just basically a big old week about you. You don't, it, it's just your, This is your free pass to be a little selfish if you want. I, I wouldn't use selfish as a word, but yeah, you can just have a little fun. Cut, cut loose a little bit, and you can come on the show, talk your experiences, and then tweet all night long on Monday. So uh, thank you all for listening. We will have Chelsea Chamberlain from the LSU Tigers coming on next week, and we hope to catch you all in that episode.